Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Logos NBA podcast, round two. I'm diving in tonight. I'm your host, Michael Scott. This show is presented to you by Fanatics. Head over to fanatics.com and get all your licensed sports apparel. Now, I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch the NBA today, but guess what? There were 10 games, and like always, it was absolutely fantastic. So let's kick this thing off right now, and let's get right to all the juicy details. The Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James pulled out one against the Boston Celtics earlier today, 96-95. And I don't know if you got a chance to watch this game, but LeBron put up 21 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, and he had a block. And uh, Anthony Davis looked pretty much unstoppable out there. The Celtics had no answer for Davis, who had 27 points, 14 rebounds, 2 assists, and two steals in about 35 minutes of play. Now, in the loss, the uh, the Celtics obviously had star efforts from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Uh, Tatum had 30 points. Brown had 28. The big news from this, though, is the Lakers almost gave the game away with under a minute left, just like they did earlier this week against the Philadelphia 76ers. But this time it was Kemba Walker taking the final shot for Boston, and uh, it didn't go so well. And Kemba had an awful day, right? This guy was one of 12, I think, maybe one of 13 shooting from the floor. It was an absolute abomination. The one thing I don't understand is how many times are the Lakers going to let this thing happen? I mean... They're supposed to be the dominant team, and I say that in parentheses, in the NBA. Yet here we are, you know, over the past week, they were on a two-game losing streak. They lost to the Detroit Pistons, who are one of the worst teams in the National Basketball Association. And then here they are, letting one go down to the wire with the Celtics, less than a week after losing on the final shot to the 76ers. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that doesn't exactly speak volumes to me about the Lakers being a shoe-in as the dominant team in the Western Conference. And, oh, by the way, over the course of the past week, they've dropped from first place in the Western Conference all the way down to third place. Yeah, they're tra- they're chasing the Clippers and the Utah Jazz, who are playing out of their minds. But, you know, digressing back to the game, some of the major news coming out of that is Celtics emotional locker room leader Marcus Smart went down with a calf injury during the game on his left leg he's set up for a uh, MRI tomorrow he did not return they're listing it right now as a left calf strain obviously that's going to be something to monitor for that team moving forward so here we are moving on I know you guys would like to talk about LeBron James all day long because it gets you guys all kinds of pumped up and you could somehow bait me into a debate or a conversation about who's the greatest of all time, LeBron or Jordan. But guess what? I'm not going to do it today. I got way too much to talk about. But if you want to talk about something, let's talk about Damian Lillard, Logo Lillard, and the Portland Trailblazers. This guy is absolutely fantastic. He never, ever ceases to amaze me. Tonight, 
the Trailblazers beat the Chicago Bulls on a buzzer beater, game winner. Lillard finished with 44 points. He made eight threes. And let me tell you, this guy is a threat to drain a three-pointer from anywhere on the court. You give this guy a couple inches, he's definitely taking a mile. You know, if you're in the final closing seconds of a game, I don't know who you'd rather have taking the shot. You want Reggie Miller, you want Steph Curry, you know, you want Kevin Durant, you want LeBron James. You know what? If I got to put the smart money down, I'm putting it on Damian Logo Lillard. I mean, when you think about it, this guy, is there a time when he's not making a game-winning shot? They were, uh, Asking him after the game about the shot that he made from the uh, right side of the key. And this guy says, you know, when he gets in those closing seconds of a game in crunch time, he gets really ambitious. I mean, who doesn't want to hear that from their franchise star perimeter guard, right? I mean, this guy is a natural-born leader. In my opinion, he's a natural-born winner. And unfortunately, Portland hasn't been able to stay healthy this season and throughout the entirety of his career has failed immensely to surround Damian Lillard with the proper pieces to whereas the Portland Trailblazers could be serious, serious contenders for an NBA championship. You put this guy on any other quality team, and he's got at least one ring in my mind. No doubt about it. I mean, look at the stat line versus the Chicago Bulls. 44 points, 9 assists, and 5 rebounds. Damian Lillard, ladies and gentlemen, in the clutch, gives Portland the victory over the Chicago Bulls. Is he the clutchest player in the NBA? Hit me up on Twitter, hit me up on Facebook, hit me up on LinkedIn. You tell me. So changing lanes here, let's keep this thing rolling because we only have a certain amount of time. You guys know that. But I want to talk really quickly, and I don't want to spend forever on it, about the Utah Jazz. Now, they didn't play this evening, and I know we're busy going through tonight's performances, but I just want to give a special shout-out to Joe Ingles. This guy passed John Stockton last night for the most threes made in Utah Jazz franchise history. And this is a guy that doesn't really get a lot of press. But let me tell you, he's managed in 493 games to sink 846 three-pointers. A Utah Jazz record. Now Stockton, the previous record holder, had 845, and he did it in more than three times as many games, over 1,500. So... Big shout-out to Joe Ingles. Now, since we're on the topic of three-pointers in the Utah Jazz, it's important to note that a big reason why Utah's the number one ranked team in the Western Conference is because they've made 20-plus three-pointers in seven games in the month of January. That's the most in a single month in NBA history. Now, on average, these guys are knocking down about... 17 three-pointers a game this season, and they're converting at a rate of uh, 40%, you know, and uh, 
It's just absolutely fantastic. You know, they've played 15 games. This month they're converting 41%, and they've made 266 three-pointers. I mean, really, who's going to beat them? And what makes things really scary right now is that the ball movement for the Utah Jazz is absolutely incredible because about 65% of the three-pointers that uh, Utah is taking are catch-and-shoot three-pointers, right? So you don't know where it's coming from. And uh, there's a good chance that this number is going to stay right around 40% all season long because the the Utah Jazz happened to lead the NBA in three-point shooting last season as well. And uh, basically, if you're going to stop this team, you got to close out all their shooters on the perimeter and hope that you can run them down inside the yard and stop Rudy Gobert, who, in my mind's having a pretty fantastic season of his own. That's an all-star you don't want to go up against. Defensive player of the year candidate who, by the way, the other day when Donovan Mitchell sat out, he put up 30 points. So here we are moving on again. I'm done talking jazz, but uh, I'm going to stay in the Western Conference. I'm going to talk Chris Paul. I'm going to talk the Phoenix Suns and their uh, victory this evening over the Dallas Mavericks. Now, It seems like to me, Chris Paul just does not age. Even at 35 years old, you can count on him to go out and do his best to get your team a win every single night, right? I mean, this guy came out this evening, he dropped 29 points, acted as the Suns' primary facilitator, got 12 dimes, and he also happened to play fantastic defense and added four steals. Now, on the flip side of things, you got to take into account, Luka Doncic has been absolutely fantastic, but the Dallas Mavericks have been absolutely terrible. Yesterday, on the Logo NBA Coverage's Facebook page, I mentioned that at this rate, if the offense continues performing like this, Rick Carlisle, head coach of the Dallas Mavs, might be out of the job come the end of the season, right? But I, I got to tell you, I've been rethinking this all day. If this team can't turn things around soon and this slide continues, he might be out of a job by midseason. That would be a really uncharacteristic move on Mark Cuban's part. But at the same time, you got to think, when's enough going to be enough, right? I mean, you got Luca out here. He's a generational talent. He's uh, averaging, you know, damn near or right at a triple-double, and this guy put up 29 points, eight rebounds, and seven assists in a loss this evening, and he's not really, really getting a lot of help from everybody on the team. Like, there's no effort, right? There's no motivation. It's like these guys don't even care that they're turning into the laughing stock of the NBA, You know, I'm getting all fired up. You know, my throat's getting a little raspy. My blood pressure's rising. I'm starting to sweat a little bit. Don't get me carried away on the Dallas Mavericks right now, okay? Because I thought they were a playoff team. But let's digress back to uh, Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns. Now, him and DeAndre Aiden dominated in this 111-105 win this evening. Now, 
CP3 really is turning DeAndre Aiden into a beast. And we knew he was a top draft pick a couple years ago, but I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't expect him to uh, elevate this quickly with CP3, you know, running the point. Like I said, CP3 tonight had 29 points, 12 assists, four steals, and three rebounds. Now, this is the Suns' second straight win playing without Devin Booker, who we all thought he was going to be the one whose game is elevated with CP3 coming to town. And really, it's been uh, an interesting transition, to say the least. Devin Booker doesn't have the ball in his hands as much, but I'm confident by playoff time that this uh, Suns team's going to figure it out. But let's talk about Aiden again, okay? So Aiden put up 18 points. He had 17 rebounds. He dished out four dimes. He shot about 50% from the field. I mean, this guy absolutely dominates in the paint. I mean, I love watching him play out there. He's high energy, right? And he's like the second coming of Amari Stoudemire. I mean, basically, you look at this pick and roll tandem of Chris Paul and DeAndre Aiden, it's basically like Steve Nash and Amari on steroids. And no big deal, right? You know, because Bridges and Crowder, they'll be there to help along the way. They chipped in 14 points apiece tonight as well. I mean, just looking at the highlights, it's absolutely incredible how, you know, CP3 is able to drive, dish, and facilitate to Aiden, who just gets up and goes to the rack effortlessly for a dunk. I mean, you got to watch the Suns if you haven't. Now, real quickly here, I'm not going to spend very much time on this, but the uh, Golden State Warriors absolutely took it to the Detroit Pistons tonight out there in San Francisco at the Chase Center, won, won the game 118-91. to I mean, Steph Curry was doing his usual Steph Curry thing. Klay Thompson was courtside. He was doing... Uh, Color commentary, it was absolutely fantastic, cracking jokes. He was even commenting on uh, Rodney Magruder for the Pistons, who tried to start a fight after the game, dishing out some hate, saying he might be out of the league sometime soon. But, I mean, if you watch the Pistons, it was a rough night for most of the guys. I mean, bad shooting, bad defense, Steph had it going on. First game where the Pistons, you know, we're really outworked start to finish. But hey, on to the next one, right? Steph Curry finished with 28 points, 5 rebounds, and 7 assists. Now, real quickly here, I want all you guys and all you ladies out there listening to pay close attention, right? So go out and connect with the logo. Connect with us on social media. We're everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, just find the content, right? Because we got the written, we got the audio, we got the visual. We want to interact with you guys. We want you to join our community. We love these discussions about the NBA and professional basketball. Now, we've talked Lakers, we've talked Phoenix Suns, we've talked Chris Paul, we've talked Mavericks, we've talked Warriors, we've talked Logo Lillard and the Trailblazers. Hell, there's all kinds of stuff to talk about, right? Never running short on content. But it's not always about talking. Sometimes it's about listening. And I want to know what you guys think about the Miami Heat this year. Reach out to me 
I'm going to be here all day. I'm not going anywhere. And uh, let me know exactly what it is you guys think about the Miami Heat. Last year, these guys were in the NBA Finals. This year, they've barely been able to keep their team healthy and win a basketball game. But tonight, things were a little bit different. I want to welcome back Jimmy Butler, who came out tonight, put up 30 points, 7 rebounds, and finished with 8 assists. Now, Jimmy Butler really seems to be the straw that stirs the Miami Heat drink, right? Now, he showed out in Miami's win versus Sacramento tonight. This was his first game back since battling COVID-19. He hasn't played a game since January 9th. The guy looks like he lost about 12 pounds, and he just came out, and he was absolutely fantastic, right? I mean, this team really is a lot different when he's in the lineup. It's a whole different mentality. It adds a whole other dynamic. Someone for Bam Adebayo to uh, play alongside someone Eric Spolstra can really lean on. And I mean, I got to say, I just, I really love the energy and the passion that Jimmy Butler plays with on a night-to-night basis. I mean, at one point, this guy in his first game back was trash-talking the Sacramento Kings, yelling out 10 because this guy had hit 10 straight free throws. I mean, the guy's got it going on, right? He's down there in Miami. They got multicolored jerseys, pink, blue, black. I don't know. You know, he's got that hair. Look at that wig. I mean, this guy's a movie star waiting to happen, right? And really, I can't say enough about his work ethic, his level of intensity, and his desire to win. When Jimmy Butler is in the lineup, The Miami Heat are a force to be reckoned with because he's proven, just like last year in the NBA Finals, this guy is single-handedly capable of willing his team to a victory against any of the elite or major talents in the National Basketball Association. I mean, this guy just exudes confidence. And right now, if you're listening, you might think I got a Jimmy Butler man crush, right? I mean, this guy came out tonight and said, and I quote, I think I'm a decent player, and I give us maybe a little bit better chance to win. Now, I don't know if the guy was being a little humble or if he was being funny, but it's absolutely fantastic. Miami Heat back in action tonight. It was great. Jimmy Butler is back, ladies and gentlemen. Watch out. Man, now I told you guys I wasn't going to get all worked up before when I was talking about Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks, but heck, I'm getting worked up now and getting excited talking about Jimmy Butler. I mean, I'm sweating. I killed the fans a little bit ago because we are recording. Heck, I'm starting to I'm starting to overheat. Blood pressure's up. I might have to take my shirt off. Thank goodness that this is a podcast and not a uh, video presentation. Because you guys don't want to see that. Now, let me jump back a few steps. I know I spent a lot of time talking about Damian Lillard. And one of the things that's been going on this year is he's been willing the Trailblazers to win all by himself. Because Yosef Nurkic is out. And uh, they lost a... 
C.J. McCollum when he broke his foot a little bit ago, and uh, it was time for somebody to step up. Well, that guy that's been stepping up, I don't know if you've heard his name, but it's Anthony Simons right now. He's uh, he's uh, approaching every single game with that, uh, and this is explicit, that mother beep mindset, right? Now, Anthony Simons is dead set on wanting to prove himself to the uh, rest of the NBA, right? And uh, he's finally kind of saying, you know, enough's enough. If you want something, you have to go for it. And uh, there's nothing bad about wanting the things that you've worked hard for. So in response to that, what has Anthony Simons done? In his last three games, this guy's putting up 18.7 points per game, 4.3 rebounds per game, and he's shooting at a 56% clip for a from three-point range. So for all you fantasy basketball owners out there looking for a, a little nudge up against the competition, go out there and take a look at Anthony Simons because this guy's starting to blow up. He's got the potential to become a star in the NBA, and uh, he's uh, worked behind some really good guys. You know, he's been learning behind one of the best backcourts in basketball and Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. You know, with more time, I really believe he can become a breakout star in this league. Switching here's gear, though. Moving on. As a uh, breakout star, you only get about a minute's worth of press, right? So we're moving on to the Grizzlies and the Spurs. Uh, you know, the Grizzlies won tonight. It's their first game uh, back. It was a textbook team win. You know, seven guys scoring double figures. And uh, really, this team didn't skip a beat. They've been off for a little bit. You know, they haven't played since earlier this month. They've been dealing with some COVID-19 stuff of their own. But uh, John Morant, starring, shining, leading the way, as always, came out, finished the game with 19 points, sent out 11 dimes. You know, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to watch John Morant play, but he should be an all-star this year. He's absolutely incredible. Last year's rookie of the year, and my go- my goodness, just like Damian Lillard, another guy from a small mid-major school who absolutely has a ceiling that has no boundaries, right? This guy can go to unthinkable heights as long as he sticks with his craft and continues working hard and uh, facilitating for his teammates. I mean, the athleticism is off the charts. And, you know, we got to switch gears and go over to the Spurs side of the court, and uh, we got to take our hats off and uh, give props to uh, DeMar DeRozan, right? This guy's having really... One of the best years of his career. He's been playing extremely efficient. You know, he's really managed to add to his game. Last year, he made nine three-pointers total. This year, he's already got 12. And uh, his passing numbers are uh, way up. You know, he's averaging seven assists per game, which is a career high. He's converting almost 50% from the field, and he's shooting 36% from uh, three-point range, which is a career high. Not bad for the 82nd best player in the NBA, right, ESPN? I know DeRozan doesn't really get a lot of love because he's an isolation, mid-range, heavy player who's more... uh, 
or better suited playing in the early 2000s or late 90s, but he's a big part of the reason why the uh, Spurs are right in the thick of things looking at uh, Western Conference playoff contention. Now, switching it up here, the uh, Houston Rockets continued their tear by beating the New Orleans Pelicans 126 to uh, 112 this evening. I mean, I really love this team. They've now won five straight. They're really rounding into form since the James Harden trade. I mean, this is a team who started the year with a ton of controversy. They were down in the dumps. Harden was out of shape. He didn't want to play on this team. He was up in the club. They had COVID-19 issues. So they make a trade. Now they got Victor Oladipo. They got DeMarcus Cousins. They got Christian Wood emerging, who's been absolutely incredible. And uh, John Wall is really starting to get his feet under him after missing nearly two years, you know, coming back from injuries. And I got to say, I like this trio and the, uh, you know, Rockets are looking pretty good, right? I mean, Victor Oladipo had 20 points, seven of six, six rebounds, 50% from the floor. John Wall, primary facilitator, 15 and nine. You know, managed to drain four three-pointers in just 26 minutes. And Christian Wood banging out there down low, 27 points, nine rebounds. And, oh, yeah, he can stretch the floor. He dropped three out of four four-pointers in the basket for the uh, for the Rockets. And, you know, this is a team who's really got it going on right now. And let's not forget about a healthy Eric Gordon off the bench who played 23 minutes and also managed to drop 14 points. I mean, I think if uh, you're Mike D'Antoni, you're thinking, man, maybe I should have stayed in Houston because, really, this team is a lot better without James Harden jacking the ball up all game long. It looks like they got a team offensive thing going, and I like it. Big Mike at the logo loves me some Rockets. Now, I'm going to slow things down here because we only got a few minutes left in the show, right? And uh, I want you guys to listen to me, and I want you to pay close attention, okay? This uh, Charlotte's Hornets team, it's a good basketball team, right? I mean, tonight they beat the Bucks 126-114. to 114. Now, starring in this game, yeah, Giannis did his thing, right? We'll talk about it. But uh, LaMelo Ball, if you're not watching this guy, you need to be. If you're not on YouTube watching the highlights and the dimes he's dishing out, go check him out. I mean, this guy had an incredible night, and this guy's a rookie. And uh, no doubt about it, my favorite and probably every other sports writer's leading favorite candidate for NBA Rookie of the Year this season. This guy came out in, I mean, he was playing outside of his mind, right? 27 points, 5 rebounds, 9 assists, and 4 steals. Not bad for a 19-year-old kid, right? And yet, his head coach, James Borrego, has still got him coming off the bench. I mean, what are you thinking? This is a guy who really makes his teammates better. Gives the Hornets a chance to win on any given night. I mean, I can't remember the last time we were talking Charlotte Hornets basketball in the NBA with any seriousness. I mean, this is a 9-11 and basketball team who just beat the number two team in the East, 126-114. These guys 
with LaMelo Ball in the lineup got a chance to be in the thick of the Eastern Conference playoffs. Now, I'm not saying they're going to go out there and go on a run and make some noise, but this is exciting. I mean, Michael Jordan's finally doing something right. And when I say he's finally doing something right, let's not forget about that big old hefty contract he gave to uh, Gordon Award, who's missed most of the last two years with injuries. You know, gave him a huge, big, super deal. 120 plus million, you know, and Hayward's making him look like a genius. This guy put up 27 points, you know, made five three-pointers. He's been a huge reason why the Hornets are having success on top of what LaMelo Ball's doing. And, you know, Hayward's really, really starting to get comfortable. I mean, this guy in his last 11 games is playing out of his mind, right? He's getting... He's getting his feet under him, 25 points per game average, you know, five rebounds, three assists. He's converting almost 53% from the field. Three-pointers, he's draining 48%, and he's uh, over 80% from the free throw line. I mean, the guy's absolutely fantastic, right? I mean, really, I love this Hornets basketball team. I mean, LaMelo's throwing length of the court passes, one-handed alley-oops, you know, that are getting thrown down by Miles Bridges. I mean, these guys are jamming, baby. And I'm going to finish with this. I got to commend Giannis for ditching the three-pointer tonight. He finished with 34 points, 18 rebounds, 9 assists, monster game, 12 of 19 from the field, 10 of 18 from free throw land, and he didn't shoot a single three-pointer. Hats off to my man. I hope the Bucks can figure it out.